I let myself explore all of myself, I can find myself in any person. What is up, everybody? My name is Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. Today's episode is featuring Kyle Lipton, and Kyle provides comedy, spiritual teachings, personal mentorship, support, and he's also such a great, powerful speaker. His entire mission is to reveal the cosmic joke, and he helps people realize the truth about themselves by showing them these funny paradoxes about returning to love and how sometimes we can go about it in, in a way that's inefficient that doesn't actually help us return to a state of love. And since you guys know, I love all things self-love. I believe self-love is the key that comes down to everything, every source of unhappiness. So as you can imagine, I was so excited to welcome him. And so let's dive on in. What's up, everybody? My name is Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. And today we have a special guest. What, what? Kyle Lipton joined us today. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Kelsey? Thanks for joining us on the podcast. I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else right now. Woohoo. So today we're going to talk about multidimensionality. And the, 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 we have different parts of us, right? We have some people even call it. Have you ever heard the American Indian proverb about the dark wolf and the light wolf? And whichever wolf you feed is the wolf that grows. It's uh, like... Yeah, I've heard versions of that. So that was something that really supported me and kind of first approaching like, oh, I'm not just me. And there's this one way of thinking, like becoming the observer, becoming this like, oh, there's multiple sides of me. And that's something that you talk about a lot. And I feel like you bring such a practical and humorous way of approaching mm-hmm. some like deep life things. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear like what has been what has been your approach to multidimensionality and what that even is? (laughs) Hmm. That's a great question. My approach to multidimensionality. I think that's an interesting question. I I think for me, one of the things that is really, one of my mentors actually like early on, his name was, his name's Orrin Harris. He was someone for me where he really, made me see multidimensionality on a different level. Um, kind of like, for example, everyone attracts characters in their video game. This is a, just a perspective play with this thought. So if you're very empathic and you're kind of, you know, you like to give to people and sometimes you overgive, you might attract very narcissistic people. So the level up in your video game is like, Hmm, I feel like I want to overgive right now. Let me stop. And then once you integrate whatever that is, because the multidimensional perspective would be like that person is just you in another meat suit trying to get you like, Hey, integrate this part of you. I'm going to keep poking you until you handle this. And then you do. And then you don't attract a narcissist anymore. Um, I would say that I would say definitely like plant medicine has been another thing where I'm like, all right, you know what? There's a little bit more to, to the world. It was maybe a little scary having my reality disillusioned for a minute, but you know, Mm-hmm. I think I think there's more going on, and I think the when when it clicks and you get it on another level. Because for me, it's like at one point it's just intellectual. It's like oh, meditation, and I watched this YouTube video on spirit guides, but you know nothing is like clicking or like hitting to where you feel like oh, I just had a real experience with that, which would inspire you to 
continue instead of just kind of like, ah, well, let's see what happens. Um, so I think one doing just a thought experiment, like I had a client the other day where he, uh, so he plays music. He's a music teacher and he's a musician. And one of the, he plays guitar. And one of the things that happens is he really lets himself go when he plays guitar. Like he's just takes up space, does it all. But he was, would also be like attracted to, uh, attracted to men who showed up in his experience who were like, I, I don't know if I can curse. Should I? What, what's the, Oh yeah. Okay. Let it loose. We'll talk right, about I'm, it all. There's no censor. All right. Hashtag fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was, he would be attracting these men into his experience who would actually trigger him and also turn him on who were like these kind of gargantuan personalities. And I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Is there a part of you that wants to express yourself and be more like that? And he's like, yeah. And then he got to see the mirror and the reflection. So it pisses him off, but he's, that's also the people that he's attracted to. Mm. It's like, Hmm. So they piss you off and they also attract you. Does that sound a lot like that relationship to yourself? Like, Oh, I'm going to piss people off if I step into the full expression of me, but I'm also really attracted to me expressing myself that way. Mm. So I think it can bring a new, I think just coming into life with that level of awareness and just kind of like, Hmm, why is this person showing up in my reality right now can give you more perspective on like life almost being like a video game or a walking dream. Mm -hmm. And then it takes like the whole victim mentality out of it. Instead of someone's trying to do something to you personally, it's, it's the universe trying to teach us a lesson through that person. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we, and I also, I can also hold a perspective of compassion as well, you know, because if you're, you know, you've had a life of trauma and you've had a life of like forgoing your needs for other people, it's like, it's very, probably dis, I was going to say dishearted, but that's not a word, um, but cold hearted to be like, hey, you create your reality. It's like, no, like get on the, the, the path to healing and just like taking care of yourself and speaking your needs. You don't need someone telling you. Like, oh, you're, you created this. It's like, okay, what's that? It's like yeah. F you. Um, but like I made this post on Facebook recently. It's like, you know, there's this whole empath and narcissist thing. And the empaths are like, well, it's the narcissist. And, you know, they're these bad people. And it's like empaths narcissistically try to change narcissists. Oh my God. I have so much to say on that. Yeah. Cause that was a big part of my story was yeah. that's what started my, I guess my enlightenment, my awakening was I didn't even know what a narcissist was. I didn't even know what an empath was. I didn't even know what empathy meant. I just knew that I really liked this guy and I hated him too all at the same time. Right. Right. <laughs> and I knew I wasn't happy, but then I knew I was experiencing like like these pleasurable experiences in life, but then I was experiencing the most painful. Like, so I was constantly in this yo-yo of the best things of my life and the worst things of my life. But, yes. the, but con subconsciously and consciously, I knew it wasn't healthy. And yeah. I was pissing myself off over and over again of not understanding why I kept going back or why I would be like, okay, today's the day I'm officially ending it. And then all of a sudden he's going on my vacation with me and we're not ending it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and that was, 
honestly really confusing at first because I was so mind fucked that I didn't realize how much power I had that I was giving away. I was in such a survivalism mode. And so my healing journey from, for one, I had someone call me and say, Hey, do you know what a narcissist is? Because I'm learning about it in my psychology class. And I really need to talk to you about it because I think the person you're dating is a narcissist because it's on every single bullet point checks him. And it was like, all of a sudden the lights got turned on. And then I started learning about trauma bonds, how if an empath and a narcissist are together and a traumatic event happens, it bonds them. I was like, holy shit, my grandma just died. He was the one that comforted me. And then when no longer I needed that comfort of being in the weak, vulnerable, like like he thrived when I was like the vulnerable, weak woman, you know, so he could be the one to, I got you, you know. But my journey of healing really started when I forgave myself. Yes. And stopped hating him and realizing um, I was fucking enabling this the entire time. There's no point in me creating hatred towards someone when it takes two to tango. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's literally like the difference between purgatory and ascension. Oh. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you're stuck in a elaborate, par- elaborate. So you'd be stuck in a paradigm if you never forgave him. You would just boil with resentment and then you're, so that, let's say that's like, let's say that's like your quote unquote level six self. If we're doing it out of 10, everything that you're drawing in from that reality is kind of like, Hmm, level six, level six. And the more that you hold on to that resentment, you're still going to attract experiences and maybe you'd still have some cool ones, but it's like the level 10 is where you say, I forgive myself. And it's, it, I'm going to stop resenting him because when you resent him, it's like, okay, let's get practical with it. If we're speaking from that perspective, you're resenting a man. So you're holding part of your thoughts every day or going towards this guy. Part of your energy every day is going towards this guy. And then um, we can already foreshadow your next relationship. You're going to have a slight resentment at this guy, or you're going to have some sort of thing, or you're going to make sure that all these, you're going to have trust issues, like make sure that you're the one and maybe F it up if he doesn't show up narcissistically, right? Because you're like, oh, this doesn't feel safe. The pattern of what happened for me is I just pushed, I pushed, I created this story that I didn't trust myself because I was like, well, if I let myself get into that, like, what the fuck? Like, maybe I need to go on a soul searching journey. And that's kind of what kicked off traveling. But I ended up attracting an exact opposite because Mm -hmm. it's almost like I created such a fear complex. And then once I did go through like deep forgiveness, doing my own internal work of like, painful but then beautiful and then painful and then beautiful I was attracting people that were the exact opposite almost more empathetic than I was and it kind of like I noticed different things of okay I need to get super clear on what I want get super clear Mm -hmm. on what I'm attracting and honestly in, in my opinion I feel like it comes down to for one yes getting clear what you want but detaching from wanting Instead, like enjoying and being and like trusting that process, because I feel like there are a lot of women listening to this. And so it's so valuable having this like male perspective on it. Mm. Yeah. And it's also like when you're so caught up in the wanting what you actually want can't come to you. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, it it has to be this. It has to be this guy who like, ah, and, and it's then, like, we're bringing in so much masculine energy when it like, I've talked to women and they're like, right. I gotta find my man. And they're like punching that's their a, fist. <laughs> that's such a cosmic joke. It's like, 
I got to, you know, I'm just going to show up in my fucking feminine here. I'm going to put these eight bullet points down and this, not to say that there's anything wrong with that. And I think there's a great, I think it just depends on the come from, you know, cause I could see the same perspective and that being awesome. Like someone's like, I just got clarity on what I want. And like, yeah. there's going to be the classic YouTube video of them being like, and he matches them all. <laughs> I do believe in the power of writing down specifically what you want in a mate though, because right. I did like, I did an experiment like six months ago where I was like, I want a, a dating experiment. I went on mating. four dates, four <laughs> days, four dates in four days. And okay. I was like, God damn it, Kelsey, your go-getter masculine personality just revealed <laughs> through that, you know, like we'll barrel through these. In my, yeah, I was like, I was like, this is not about efficiency, Kelsey. This is about connection. And it was though, like, cause I, the point of it was to practice being playful, being in my oh, feminine. That's great then. And it was, it was good. Cause I also too was like, I'm going to practice not letting like, um, how do I say like not fucking on the first date. That's what it was. It was like, I need to practice flirting and being in my feminine. Like if I'm getting real, that's what it was. And it was really good because it made me realize, um, I don't want to date right now. And I'm open to that experience coming in versus me seeking it out. Yeah. Like you cracked me up. I like how you're just like, how do I say it? Well, and not fucking on the first date. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, why am I trying to beat around the bush right now? That was like, that was literally like what was going through my mind was, okay, it's time to practice being in like this fun, playful, innocent, flirtatious energy. And I did. And I was able to like enjoy that. And like, I feel like that was part of reharnessing the power of being like, just enjoy. And I think that there was always this part of me of wanting more and my desire for wanting the deepest possible connection with men was reflecting in every other area of my life of feeling like it's not enough. It's not enough. I want more. I want more. And right. so whenever I was able to like satisfy that feeling of it is enough. Oh, I am enough. Oh, that reflected in everything else. Right. Yeah. And the difference to me, like what I feel when you say that is it's the difference between like, you know, I don't know if I've done this so many times. Have you ever like it's like two in the morning, you get a piece of cake from the fridge or like just a food that you really like. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm just going to have like a few. And you tell yourself that. And then you already know, like, motherfucker, you're lying. Like you already know that shit's going down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is like one of those things that feel, it's like an addiction kind of frequency. It's kind of like, I need more. I need, but it's not actually what you need. It's not actually what your soul is calling for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's so the ego need, not a soul need. Right. And right. I would maybe, yeah, maybe like an unhealthy ego need. Cause I think there's also healthy anyways, like that could be a whole nother thing, but, um, it's yeah. Knowing why. So here's another perspective, like a multi, like if you're in that position, it's like, what does my body feel like? Right. Is my mind racing? Like, do I feel like an addict right now? Do I feel kind of like I'm going to have withdrawals from not going for it? Mm. And, um, I'm like, like that, that could be an interesting thing. Like when, and do you feel like a lot of activity in your mind when you're like in that flow? I heard, um, I heard something good. It was uh, Teal Swan. She said, people, I, I don't know where I stand with this. So I'm just going to put it out there, but it's like, you're the, the people that are best for you should feel like home and not excitement. I was like, Hmm. hmm. 
I don't, I don't know exactly oh. how I feel about it, but it that's interesting. Right. And it gives me a different kind of vantage point and feeling. And now I'm, I'm, these are just kind of my thoughts out loud. So I don't know where I stand with it, but I wonder if attraction right from the, I wonder what it would be like to build attraction, like to where there's not really much attraction and there's not like that kind of, and to like harness it over time. I'm like, huh, I don't know. Could be an interesting. Yeah. I heard another person say a similar perspective saying the person who gives you over the moon butterflies is the person is your body signaling you that they're not your person. Right. And and then maybe our minds, it's like, I just want to have some fucking sex right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's like the body. It's like more of the, the lust, I guess, versus the love, because I did notice like if I were, I did notice, I don't know why I'm saying it as of like that, reflecting on my life, the people I've had, <laughs> the people in my life that I've had some of the strongest connections with as a friendship where then all of a sudden it was like, wow, I guess I it, like started to imagine what would it be like to be in a romantic relationship with this person? It's such an interesting concept when there's such a deep level of friendship built first. And Mm. what I noticed in my life was I was not letting myself create those friendships with men unless they were my coworkers, because I drew a boundary in my mind that like, okay, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to like this person like that because I'm here to work. And then because of putting work as the focus, which is just a fucking reflection for everything, putting myself work at the time, that was my focus. Then all these other relationships were able to flourish because I wasn't putting my focus on them, which is hell of a lot of pressure for someone. If you're relying on like satisfaction or pleasure to come solely from them versus being the source of your own pleasure, the source of your Mm. own like excitement. Yeah. So yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. I think even as a thought experiment, it's like even just play out in your life, you know, people listening, you, whatever, what has my life been like when I followed that lust? Like what have, what has the relationships been like when I followed that kind of like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Like, Oh, I'm so into you. You're so into me. Like that kind of frenetic, almost angsty, like I got to do something about this energy type feeling. Animalistic style. Right. Um, and then just like, Hmm, has that worked out? You know? And maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, but it's a good experiment. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Like bringing that awareness in, being able to like observe right from the outside looking in. I feel like that's one of the most powerful tools is like, if this was someone else, would you have different thoughts or opinions about it? Yeah. I just had the weirdest thought. I just imagined me outside of my body looking at me having sex, like, (laughs) just like what? this isn't that, you know, you're not. Well, I feel like kind of, people kind of do that though. When they feel like people get weird and they'll film themselves and watch it as a couple. No, I'm no, I'm talking about literally that. leaving my, like kind of like my out of body. Like I'm looking at myself as like energy looking at my, yeah. <laughs> there's a Kevin Hart excerpt. Hey, there's nothing weird about filming sex. Anyways, go ahead. There isn't something, there isn't nothing weird about it. Cause I feel like I would rather watch my own porn than someone else's porn. You know what I mean? If I'm dating a man, I'd be like watching ourselves versus watching other people. Who knows? Maybe that's super narcissistic. No, I'm indifferent. And that's not the topic of the podcast. This is the, is this the rawest podcast you've done so far? Yeah, I'm in a mood. I don't know. I've never talked about my own personal self this deep, but... Work. And, right? Why not? And the, and the point, I guess like from this perspective I'm having right now is... 
uh, why not? <laughs> right. And uh, I, so I'm curious what, sorry, you're going to ask a question. Uh, no, I would just, well, I guess it is. It's not really, it's kind of rhetorical, but this is also another way to make multidimensionality practical because I guarantee, and your listeners can validate this. I guarantee they have their own kind of like caps around what I can express. So I guarantee there's like a shared type of like, huh? So then the more that you do that, the more that they kind of get to breathe like, Oh, I can talk about this or it's not off limits. Cause then the more that I explore all my own judgments and taboos, it's like, I'm a safer space for, um, those types of people. Mm. Mm, yeah. Like that we have these other sides of us that it's okay to express. And that your audience is a reflection of your unconscious mind and conscious mind, you know, so that you draw on the people who want this, who are kind of going in similar path of liberation around things, perhaps not everyone, but like you don't have your audience by accident. Yeah. That was really revealed to me. I did a retreat in Costa Rica over the summer, it was like summer 2019. And each person at the retreat was in, for me an obvious like, oh, you are that side of my personality. You are a yeah. reflection of that side. You are a reflection of that side. And it was a, so enlightening to notice that of like, it, it was a self-love retreat. So I felt like it was just embodying even more of the self-love, the more I was able to love these individual women because they were a reflection of the love of these parts of myself. Yes. Yes. And then it's like, you can, I I think there's a great quote. Actually, Oren told me this. He said something along the lines of, I know my enemy so well that I could destroy him. And that's why I love him. And to me, that speaks to, I have the deepest understanding of all the intricacies about you and I could wreck your life. But actually that deep understanding gives me so much love for you. Cause I know exactly why you're, you know, why you are what you are or being what you're being. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. I really like that. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of the times people that are healing from that, like narcissistic, or maybe you've noticed you've had a narcissistic relationship. It's healed through hate versus healing through love and understanding. Right. Well, and- it's not healed because it's hate. Let me, like, right. right as I said that out loud, I was like, it's a false healing. <laughs> healing through hate. Yeah. <laughs> <On ABC. laughs> it's like the awful book that never sold on Amazon. <laughs> right. And that, that even speaks to like, one of my purposes is like, I'm here to reveal the cosmic joke. So like, that's an example. It's like, you can't heal by hate, by hate. You can't fight for peace. Mm. And that's something people say a lot, actually. That's like a common thing of like, right. It's like, and the deeper work, so to speak, is like, how do I get into a state of peace? Because even just you radiating peace, like you're doing a lot more for the planet than like, fuck these people. <laughs> um, and I think there's a time and place for that too. Cause then that's also kind of the collective unconscious mind being like, Hey, look at us. Like you need to integrate this shit. Mm-hmm. What has been some of like, what has led you to discovering these parts of yourself? Like, have you had like a experience with like narcissism or people, are you like, have you had the experience where you've been more of the narcissist or more of the empath, you know, or was that just an example that came up? As an example, you know what? I, I never really, I never really think about that. Like, I'm just kind of like in, like maybe I'll look at it, but I've never really been the one to be like, 
let me look at this narcissist empath forum on Reddit. Like I, I just never really identified as like, this is like, I, I definitely have a narcissistic side and I also definitely have an empathic side. Like we all do. And yeah. I'm aware that sometimes I'll be very narcissistic in the sense of, well, not, like more so in reflection, like, Hmm, that might've been very narcissistic for me to be like, want to be this super protector almost in a way that's, uh, that's not a good example, but anyways, yes. I, um, what led me to your question was what led me to discovering those terms or just in general, what led me on to, I guess it is more of like, what is some of your story? What is some of the things that have led you to even being a coach and helping people discover these other sides of themselves and being the cosmic, what did you call it? The cosmic comedian? What'd you say? Revealing the cosmic joke. Revealing the cosmic joke. Yeah. Um, I actually don't, it's funny. I don't really consider myself a coach anymore. I, I, I say like, there's, I, it's such a weird thing. Like it's just even a, not, not, not a weird name, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm so much more than that. And this is also speaking on, a, and we all are. So that's not to be like, Hey, um, but I think also too, I consider myself like maybe like a multidimensional mentor sometimes, maybe like a guide sometimes. And I think, and this is really interesting. So before the podcast started, we talked about co-signing. So when you think of the word coach, what unconscious rules are you co-signing to, to be able to help someone? Right. So it's like, well, you have to ask questions. You can't make statements. You have to do this. You can't do that. You have to. And it's like, okay, why? And then even being like, Hmm. So you're telling me if I have a powerful psychic download about you, I have to ask you that in a question form because I'm a coach. No, F that. And for me, it's given me a lot more freedom and just a lot more, I don't know. I've, and part of this is probably just like my own ego stuff, but I feel like I can just be more self-expressed and not have to limit myself. Um, part of my story is I grew up in LA, um, family with love, but not a lot of money. I've lived in, these are like the bullet point notes. I've lived in homeless shelters when I was a teenager. I, uh, my family, like we moved out of where we lived. Uh, so finances had been like a very rocky journey. I grew up playing basketball. Um, I don't know why I said basketball. I really pronounced that one. Um, and, and I've noticed, and I actually, I think that was like one of the first times I watched your story on Instagram. By the way, you guys, I'm going to put his Instagram in the show notes. You got to follow him. His story's great. Um, but if you like playing basketball and like that being your outlet, you know, that being like, you know, like, hey, I'm playing ball. What's up? Yeah. So for me, uh, that was one of my kind of starting points in wanting to develop myself because, you know, for me, I didn't start on like the spiritual path, so to speak. I was more like the personal growth. How do I turn my name? Like I was just in a lot of pain. I had a sexual experience when I was six or seven and I had a lot of shame from that. And I was like trying to rectify that in my mind. And it was with a dude. So I was kind of like, well, what does this mean about me? And like, I went through all these kind of things. Didn't tell anyone until I was 13. So that was like, and then even in high school, it was like, I played basketball. I was like this jock dude, like, Yeah. So that was a big part of my journey. Like just allowing myself to speak to what I was ashamed about with basketball. I gave everything like 
and by everything, I mean, like I would go to practice I'd spend three to four hours by myself. I'd lift weights. Like I was just all in, like I wanted to play professionally. And every time I got on the court, I would F up. I'd get nervous. I'd like part of my attention would be in the game. And then another part of my attention would be like, what are people thinking? What the, 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 the and I'm micromanaging. So like, I, it was like, I constantly fell short of what I knew my potential to be. And it was like drastic. And it was so disheartening because I gave my everything to it. And like, I always was like, it's like, no one is seeing my true potential. And I'm like, man, and I actually feel this, I, you know, I feel this way now, you know, and I've, I've had my own kind of re basketball moments in my life where I'm like, Hmm, like, where am I still holding myself back from fully saying like, I meant to be on this court and the court of life. And, um, so that was another thing. And that led me to YouTube videos of like how to be more confident. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a whole, I, one was like picking up girls. That was a whole journey of like watching YouTube videos of like how to like get girls phone numbers and like attract women. And it's like 16, I broke my leg. So I couldn't play basketball. And, uh, then I got really into that. Then that became my like new obsession. I, was, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, you could just go to people and like say funny shit. And I was like, awesome. And then I went all in on that. And there's so much more I could say, but it's been a total, uh, total transformational, like journey from like the wooiest of the woo to like the most practical of the practical. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. I'm curious, like with, if you're studying like how to pick up girls and like you're studying this, this basically like overcoming like social anxiety, right. Being able to like socially like talk to people and like now knowing what you know now, knowing you've learned then since we were kind of talking about like women going out there, like bringing a lot of this masculine energy, looking for their man, instead of, I guess, letting themselves be found in a way, like, mm -hmm. is there something that if you could speak to the collective of women, I know this is such a broad question, but I figure whatever, okay. if you have, if you could speak to the collective of women, like what is something that you wish they could hear or that they could know? Mm. Just you're good enough. You know, like stop trying so hard relax, like you're on the right course. You know, if you're older, let's say you're 37 you're like, Oh wow. Like, is my man ever going to show up? Worry never speeds up the process. And knowing that you're in the right place at the right time, because tomorrow he could show up in your life and it, it's letting go of the attachment. And I feel as if the moment that you just let yourself be fulfilled by yourself the more you can be a space for like this awesome man to come into your life. But to realize like you're good enough, like you don't have, to, you can stop doing so much stuff. Like you could stop doing so much stuff. Like you could really stop doing so much stuff. <laughs> um, I would say that cause I feel so much compassion, you know, like I feel so much compassion to the person who's like, I really want to find my man and da 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 da. And it's like, just, come back to your center. Relax. Like mm -hmm. it's all in perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. And questioning. What is this part of me that feels like I need something outside of me? Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I, remember I, I heard someone, I don't think it was me, but I remember hearing an example of the person was like, Oh, I just need to like, Oh yeah. I was talking with my friend and she was telling me about this client of hers. And she was like, she just feels like all she needs to do is travel and then like get a new boo and, 
yeah, maybe, maybe that's a piece of it. And like, yeah, they're evaluating why you want to do that. You know, if you're, what the motives are, what's the boo motive? What's the boo motive? Mm -hmm. Cause I do believe that there's someone and maybe it's like the romantic side of me, but I do believe that if someone hasn't met their person and I guess I'm, I'm not for sure if I believe that there's one person for everyone. I think that we can have like these soulful like connections with so many people and that we're designed for connection. And oftentimes like it really comes down to the level of growth and effort you're willing to put forth within it. You know, because like I think about people in other countries that have arranged marriages. I don't, I'm not for this at all, but it's interesting that there are like studies that show like significant like happiness. They're so happy because they've learned how to approach a friendship. They've learned how to, and like meeting on their wedding day. But then of course they don't fall in love till like five years after being married. But because it's something that they've made this agreement to make it work. But I believe that there's someone out there that if you haven't found someone, they're out there working on yourself, on themselves. And so if you're continuously like unfolding a deeper layer of like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I am this person. You're, you're, I feel like peeling back the layers to meet the person who is the most compatible for you with you. But along those layers, if we, if we have like these extra padded layers of fear, we're going to meet someone that's on that same energy frequency that has a lot of fear as well. Like we're always going to be attracting what we're reflecting. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Cause I think someone could, could hear that and be like, well, I have to be perfect. I have to like totally be, have no fear. Like you can have fear and still enter. And then you guys could totally like, you know, maybe you guys are meant to clear a lot of that stuff together, you know? So I think there's also something to say of like, you don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You can be chosen now. And it's such a paradox. It's like you could be chosen now and like don't cling to being chosen now. It is a paradox, uh, but it is also like there, it's the desire to feel like you need something to be more secure. And that's like, there's this insecurity about it. And like, I think what I've noticed more so is the times that I've wanted a partner, it's more of like, wow, like this experience is so awesome. Like I want to continue talking about this experience with another person that felt the experience, felt Mm. the excitement, you know? And I think it's more of that connection piece to it. And I think too, as a woman who I have my own business, I am like ambitious. I do have, I go after the things that I want. Um, learning to hold space for someone else that has that level of ambition or more or more. Yeah. Way more. If if that's what that person, like, that's great. But learning how to like be willing to, for me, to be honest, it's being willing to not be in the lead and being willing to be like, no, I want to step into kind of that feminine energy of not being the most, and I'm still confused personally about like the not being the most decisive person and like this idea of feminine masculine energy, even though I've talked on it so many times, when it actually comes down to it, it's like, what is that? I saw this other girl last night talking about how can an alpha woman attract an alpha male? I'm just like, what the fuck? What's going on? Yeah. And this is a, this is a deeper topic and I I don't know where I stand on this, but then it's another, I don't know, I guess we're just going to go down a weird rabbit hole, but Another perspective is men are attracted to women. I mean, 
you know, obviously energies are fluid and we all have both, but it's like, what if men are attracted to women to integrate their feminine side? And then after that, maybe they don't be together. And then what if women are attracted to men to integrate their masculine side and then they're all whole? I don't know. It's just an interesting. That is interesting. Thought experiment. I know for a fact like I could think of a guy that I dated that we dated for the sole purpose of healing things. Yeah. And then we, and then the relationship ended. Right. You know? Um, but I don't, that perspective, just that flips everything upside down, Kyle. <laughs> now I'm just super confused. No, I'm just kidding. I, like, and that's the cool, I think that's like for you guys listening right now, there's such a power in being curious and being mm-hmm. unattached to the way in which we think and, and that we've always been told. It's like, well, what if it was this way? What if we could look at it that way? Right. Yeah. I, I'll give another perspective. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess we're talking about sex a lot, but there's like, even take people that are like, Oh, that BDSM stuff is crazy. Like that's so perverted or whatever. And media. What would you say? I definitely didn't say media BDSM. Oh, BDSM. I thought you said media STEM. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> what's a media STEM? <laughs> I know. Um, well, and then it's like their judgment is also reflective of maybe their like desire that they're unconscious to. Like, hmm, what would it be like if I tied this person up or let myself do that? Or, and even, I mean, we could even go from a religious perspective. And I don't say this to disreligion, but it's like, why are there so many Catholic priests that are like fondling and like, you know, touching little boys? Hmm. Maybe because religion, their biggest shadow is sexuality. And maybe because they say, this is bad, this is bad, this is wrong, that the taboo in their psyche is like, now I got to do it. So they limit themselves, which makes them want to eat the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. And where in life do we still operate from the forbidden fruit principle? Is that, is it actually a forbidden fruit or is this, damn, I'm bumping up against my own religious conditioning here. I'm like, well, Kyle, what you talking about? Um, and but, I grew up, I grew up like Christian. My parents were missionaries. We lived in other countries. Like it's interesting. Cause like I grew up where my parents were literally preaching against, not against, but kind of right. You're, you're going into another person's country trying to convert to a different religion and so they're bringing, trying to bring Christianity into India and Nepal against like Hinduism and all this stuff. And a couple of weeks ago, my brother was like, Kelsey, like I listen to everything you say. And I think your beliefs are more in line with Hinduism. And my dad just started laughing. He's like, I shouldn't have took, taken you to India. He's like, my That's goal, funny. like he got like reversed. Right. Yeah. But I think that the, the religious conditioning, that whole idea of eating the forbidden fruit is what drove so much for me being told you can't do something. And so anyone who has like a value for independence, if that's like a motivator is independence, religion does create a paradox because it's a lot more about rules than it is about freedom. Right. And anything that you have a charge against, there's something there for you. So it's like, for example, the person's like, oh, that person who's into that BDSM stuff is a pervert. It's like, hmm, maybe they actually want to try it. And if they tried it, they would expand themselves and they would find themselves back in their center. Mm. Be like, hmm. Because the, the other crazy thing is we create a whole personality to avoid. So it's like my whole personality construct, I don't want to say all of it, but it's like my whole personality construct is to not be that kind of person. So I'm going to show up like a good person or a good boy or like so that I, I, I don't want to be seen as this. I don't want to see myself 
most importantly is this. So I'm just going to be this person. And then they're like cut off from the waist down of feeling like their body and their energy. And then at one point, maybe they just get frustrated. And um, then they're like, all right, like I just got to explore this or they like build up so much energy. And I think kind of where we've went wrong in a sense is like, we let that energy build until we do terrible things. You know what I mean? It's like, we let that energy build so high until someone's like a molester. Mm. And it's like, what if you let yourself explore your, not, not in that way, but like, what if you let yourself explore your sexuality in a container that was safe? You wouldn't have the charge to do that. Or like a man who's a rapist, you know, it's like, and I think that's a terrible thing. And I can also see they did that because of their distorted sexual energy and they want to feel in control or they want to feel mm-hmm. whatever. And if you don't handle that before, it might manifest in really weird and harmful ways. So I think it's so important that we look at the shadow of like, why, what am I so afraid of? Mm. So on a practical note, how would you give, like, give advice to someone who's like, well, I want to look at my shadow. What, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. So let's use... Just BDSM, for example, <laughs> you're, you would, if you have a judgment against that, it's like, why do I have a judgment against that? It, and, and then that comes down to like, let me be exquisitely honest. And people and, normally like, say, because it's wrong. And it's like, well, where, where's that from? Right. Exactly. It's the same forbidden fruit paradigm. And it's like, well, why is it wrong? And then it's like peeling back the layers. And I would say set an intention to really be willing to see everything before you even excavate and then just notice where your body contracts like what's going on is there a part of you that wants to explore and just see what it's like Mm -hmm. because then i mean there's levels to this then it's like maybe you let yourself explore it and just be like hmm all right let's see what this is like because what you're enslaved when you don't let yourself explore things you know what i mean you're enslaved Mm -hmm. because that thing still controls you that desire well, that charge, that judgment against it still controls the way you let yourself show up in the world. Because I guarantee that same thing is showing up in way more ways than that. And people try and compartmentalize and say, like, this is my power here. This is my work self. It's like, you don't think what's going on in your personal life and your sexual life is affecting the potency into which you show up in the world? Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, even using the analogy of people showing up online, right? Of people, mm-hmm. you know, being afraid to do a live video or like, they're like, oh, I, uh, I have a story or I have a vision or I have something I want to share, but I, yes. but I, I don't want to come across a certain way. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. It's like starting to de-ravel the construct of what is it that you're trying to be then? If you don't want to be that, what is it that you're trying to be? Yeah. And being, making them conscious of that. That's so good. And it's like, I think it's like a pendulum, you know, it's like the pendulum here is like, I'm the people pleaser and maybe you're unconscious too. I just want to make everyone happy, but I guarantee you there's a part of you that just wants to tell someone to fuck off. Mm-hmm. If you were being honest with yourself, there's a part of you that just wants to stand up for yourself and, you know, letting, I think it's like an, a level up is letting yourself do that. Not to say that that's the goal, but I guarantee- Yeah, there's a huge fear, like with women of like, I don't want to be the bitch. Right. And I guarantee even me saying like, let yourself be angry and let yourself tell that person to fuck off. There's a part of you that's excited by that. If you're resonating with the people pleasing, there's a part of you that's like, oh, that feels good. And then, you know, once you kind of let that pendulum swing, or you, maybe you don't have to, and you just kind of get centered about it, 
then you have choice because you're not limited to the people pleaser archetype. Like we were talking about archetypes. Then you, when you can choose anything, then you're free. When you can choose to be this type of person or that type of person, then you, you have a, a level of freedom that I think most people in the world don't have. Mm. When you can choose anything, you become free. Yeah. Well, and knowing where the motivation of that choice is coming from, right? And for me, it always comes down to like, is this choice come? I have two ways of looking at it is, is this a fear-based choice or a faith-based choice? Yes. The other way is, is this an instant gratification thing? Or is this something that I'm willing to, like, am I making this choice because I think I'm going to get something right away? Right. Or can I be a little bit patient? Yeah. And if you're, and even to take this, you know, I'm sure you probably have lots of people who are like transformational facilitators and like help people. It's so important that you explore these aspects of yourself because, you know, you're going to unconsciously judge your clients. I don't, I surprisingly don't have as many people listening that are other like coaches or exploring, like they're kind of a, a, and you know, you guys listening to this, like send me a DM on Instagram if I'm wrong, you know, but you guys are in this process of really understanding yourself of what that leader version of you looks like, like that beginning stages. Well, you're ahead of the leadership curve when you can let yourself explore all these places. Cause then you come to a place of understanding. Cause if I let myself explore all of myself, I can find myself in any person. Oh, you know? that's so good. That's so good. And you know, I, cause unconsciously and this applies, even if you don't facilitate transformation, cause we all do, but we, we don't, don't call always it call that. it that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, you're what'd gonna, you do today? <laughs> I just unconsciously transformed people's lives by being a ray of light. Um, <laughs> y- even with like a friend, you're going to judge that person until you own that part of yourself. If like, they're talking about like maybe something around their sexuality and you like try and fix them. Mm. It's like, Hmm, I'm trying to fix them right now to support them. They don't need that. They need acceptance. Like I had, I had a client come out to me and tell me he cross-dressed and it's like, I was proud of myself because I could just be a space for that. That might've thrown Kyle for a loop years back. Been kind of like, what? And like, how do I help this person? And it's like, if I don't say, oh, that's actually totally cool. Like there's just, you know, whatever. He's just exploring. How do you know when you're, see, like, and then I, there's like this part of me that thinks about if there's self-harm and I guess self-harm could be what determines if you're enabling versus accepting. Well, that's a, you have to accept to it, to stop the enabling anyways. Cause that's, it's almost like trying to, cause it's still like trying to change the parent. Right. Or it's like the family that gets exhausted trying to save their like child that like does drugs and like, it's hard. And you also, you have to, if I'm, if I'm in the car and I'm like, all right, I'm not in Carlsbad. I'm not in Carlsbad. I'm not in Carlsbad. I'm not in Carlsbad. And I'm trying to get to LA and they're like, okay, where's your starting location? I'm like, well, I'm not in Carlsbad. Like, I'm never going to get to where I want to go. So the more that you accept people, the more you're actually a space for love. And the paradox is, is they're going to transform. Like when you stop trying to change people, they're going to change. But you can't do that as a tactic to try and change people because then that's still coming from the same motivation. You can though. I, I kind of disagree. Like, okay, because there's certain people that, I've noticed in my relationships, I'm like, man, I want 
it was more so when I was discovering myself of like going through my own transformation. It's like you go see that good movie and you want everyone to see that movie. I felt like I discovered like this new way to love myself because through self-forgiveness and I was so excited about it. I was like fire hosing people where it's like, it's like, ah, you know, like they, too aggressive, too much, uninvited information, like stuff like that. And whenever it was a conscious thing of, I want to support this person and whatever it is that they want. But if I don't know what they want and they don't know what they want, we're not going anywhere. Right. So I did have like certain friends that I was like, you know what? I'm going to focus on me and I'm going to lovingly accept and support them. And I, I think it's because I had the conscious awareness of knowing like when I let go, it'll flourish. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I have to trust. And so there were consciously, like there's a couple of friendships, like close girlfriends that I had to consciously be like, I let go. I love you and I let go. What were you saying you disagreed about? Like that you can let, like you can stop trying to change someone knowing it will change someone. Well, it will in the sense of you're going to feel a lot more free and then like by default, they have to be different because you're different. And changing them doesn't mean what your idea of changing them is. It's like, can you be cool if your dad is doing the same shit that he always does forever? Because mm-hmm. then you're not in a fight every time you go to Thanksgiving because you're wanting him to be different than who he is. And then you spend all this energy of like that versus like, you know what? <sighs> Maybe I can just accept people and you know we can just talk and then I can get to know them. Cause like how exhausting would it be being in a relationship where instead of getting to know you, they want to change you the whole time. Oh yeah. 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 And I was that annoying person for some of my friends for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's well-intentioned. And it was because I could see self-harm happening where I'm just like, ah, oh. it, was, it was this weird thing of like, I'm, and it, looking back, it's so like egotistical too. I've been like, I feel so fulfilled and happy and I want you to experience this. Like, I feel like I'm like, take my hand, let's go on this journey together. Like I want, but the thing is, I can't, you, like any of you guys listening too, we can't want something for someone if they don't want it themselves, period. Right. And then it's like, it's like, why do I want something for them? Then it's diving deeper into that. And it's like, hmm, oh, I want them to be this so then I can feel safe. It's like, oh, so I'm using an external source to get my safety. Cool. Mm. And then I, I think a lot of it comes down to guilt. Like I've had these thoughts where it's like, man, if I don't do something, what if they die? And, or like, what if they make a wrong decision? So then I'm, I'm like spending so much energy being responsible for people. And it's like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Cause it's exhausting to want to be, res- you know, I I've, you, you can't, you can't be a sane human being trying to constantly be responsible for others. And I think that's the fear. Like if I let them go, then it'll be my fault that they fucked their life up. And it's like, no, it's not, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Your job is to love them and accept them. And if part of loving and accepting them means taking them to a Tony Robbins event or like a course, then go for it. But it's about to come from, you know, cause I think there's beautiful things about being a friend who brings your friend into a new, like I have friends who bring me into new worlds all the time, but it's, it's, it's about to come from if it's like, Hey bro, you have to change yeah. cause you're unconsciously giving them the signal that they don't, you don't accept them mm-hmm. and they if feel there's that, something wrong or something that they, yeah. Then their spirit naturally rebels. And it's, it's unconscious sometimes like it, you'll see, it just won't manifest sustainably. If you're trying to force yourself on that, like to get someone to personally develop themselves, they're going to rebel. So it won't manifest because their spirits like, let me be sovereign. And it's like, I, it's almost like 
I don't know why, but it's not happening. Why isn't it happening? Because there's a dynamic going on unconsciously of like uh, them rebelling against your control because mm-hmm. it's still your control. And then they don't want to co-sign that. So it just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Mm. Mic drop. I know, right? There's no visuals here. You guys are listening, but that, whatever. Okay. Bottle drop. Bottle drop. Yeah. Still no visuals. And I think that that happens a lot, like in the, in romantic relationships, right? Like we get to know someone that's like, I feel like it happens even more in romantic relationships than it does in, because there, then it does in platonic relationships, because there's this idea of like, we're supposed to be in a, we're on a team in a journey together. (laughs) Right. Right. But I kind of believe in the way that I will approach like my relationships is there's me, there's that other person. And then there's that third element. So it's like one plus one equals three of, of there's that third element. Instead of it being one, all be all, it's not so much we, it's like, there's you, there's me, and then there's us. And that's a third separate element. And like, I feel like that needs to come second because then having the individual come first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all a great theory, right? But actually mm-hmm. having it, like practicing it and like living and embodying that whole nother freaking story. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's also this thing of like, well, if we're going the distance, you got to be different. And if you're already... And that's self-judgment. So much self-judgment. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to... It's like, if you're not happy in the relationship and then you spend all of your energy, well, all I got to do is just fix this one thing about them and then it'll be golden. It'll be golden. And then life's like, try it. That's cute. (laughs) And then it's like three years later, you're like, I can't take it anymore. And... Da, 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 da. and um yeah it's kind of like the carrot you know the i'll be happy when and That's i feel it. like anything that comes after that of i'll be happy when i get the job i'll be happy when i get the guy i'll be happy when i get the first million or whatever like it, right. it, we can't we we can't find like pleasure or satisfaction in the destination without without the finding it in the journey Yes. Sounds like such a Hallmark card. In the journey. Um, Kyle Cease said something amazing about this. He said something like, if you prioritize money over your connection to yourself, you'll probably end up losing both. That's power. Wow. If you prioritize money over yourself, you'll probably end up losing both. Hmm. Right. So then it's like, if you can see that trajectory, it's like, it might be really uncomfortable to start relaxing into more of the abundance of yourself, which life could only mirror that. Right. You know, cause life would say, Oh, you're being the abundance of yourself. Let's give you the money. How would you describe being the abundance of yourself? Being like, I guess being yourself, letting yourself explore what you want to explore, live how you want to live, say what you want to say, express how you want to express. Cause if you're waiting for money to do that, it's like the carrot. It's like, yeah, cool. As soon as I do that, then I'm going to start being really raw on these live streams. Cause I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to screw over my, I don't want my audience to not trust me because I'm being vulnerable now. And it's like, no, you got to be vulnerable for them to trust you. Yeah. 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 I think being vulnerable online for me happened when, well, it was a conscious decision, but it was more so of, I can't even get the message across without this vital piece of information or else it just sounds like do this, do that. Ha ha. It's all good. Go live your life. Be happy. You know, like there needs to be the struggle that's shared in order for people to see that there was a, an over, like overcoming things. 
Yeah. And it's, it's weird if people don't, it's kind of like, Oh, who's this perfect person that just like tells me to do stuff. And, and then, that perfect person, it's unrelatable, right? It's just, as totally. cre- if anything, if that person's showing up online to try and help influence other people in a positive way, all they're doing is creating the opposite effect. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. They're, you're making them judge themselves more because you're not being human. Cause yeah, they're like, Oh, I have to live up to this guru who never talks about anything about themselves and only talks about your happiness tips. Mm-hmm. No. So good. I think about like grief was honestly the big thing that launched that for me was me learning how to manage new levels of pain mm-hmm. and using social media was kind of an outlet for me to process my own healing journey and realizing shit like that was what made things very raw like my friend passed away last year and it was just like a tragic thing and like there wasn't a lot of closure it was like a boat accident so we never like found her and it was just awful but I had created such a platform of on social media with Instagram of like, this is my declaration of what I want to contribute to the world. So how can I still do that? Because other people are going to experience grief, hopefully not on such like a crazy level, but probably right. That's life, you know, shit happens. And it was powerful to start to notice how my tribe trans, they didn't transform my tribe all of a sudden had permission to talk about the things because I gave myself permission to talk about those dark things. Yeah. And just to even play this out multidimensionally, it's like the way that I look at some things sometimes is like, let me just do it now because I'm going to reincarnate as like a cactus next lifetime and like have the same (laughs) lesson with like, it's like, I'm not getting out of it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, well, do I want to learn the vulnerability thing five years from now when I'm older and like five years of my life went by? Cause like, I already know at one point, whatever, maybe I'll get sick or maybe like something tragic will happen because life wants to get my attention or whatever, I'll just feel really tired all the time because I've, I'm like so backlogged on being my truth. Let me just do it now. Let me like, let me just say it now. Let me just do it now. Um, and not to say I'm perfect and I still have my own levels of like, oh my God, I don't want to say that. Or, um, but I, I And it's an like evolution, right? It's constant though of like noticing new blind spots. There right. isn't ever like an arrival. And also like not being like a spiritual masochist to yourself. Like, it's cool if you don't What's share. What's that mean? Well, I'll give an example. It's cool. It's like having compassion for yourself when you're like, I'm afraid and I'm not going to share that right now, which is different than I don't want to share. Or it's like, which is different than um, I, can't I can't share. Right. It's like, okay, cool. Like, give it a, like, be with yourself. Soften into that. Because there's a lesson in there. There's a compassion upgrade there. And also don't be like, well that's it for me, you know? Um, cause there's still like a level of, um, let's, let's fully express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And the expression. And I think that's something that I really want people listening to know is that the full expression of these emotions, right? Anger and sadness and happiness, letting yourself express them keeps the emotions mm. in motion. 
and like nothing's supposed to like stay stagnant with it. Someone described to me emotions as energy in motion. And I love that because then it's not, and I think we're limited with the human language, the human language, the English language of I am, because it's saying I am sick. I am hungry. I am depressed versus like in other languages, it's like, I have sadness. I have this. So instead of ownership of identity being with these emotions, it's an experience you're having in this moment. It's not going to be forever, but we go down rabbit holes, right? So we perpetuate it. And so something that could, we could bounce back from. And one day, if we go down the rabbit hole of worry, shame, or blame, that like really rhymes and that just flowed out. Worry, shame, or blame. We got any of that worry, shame, or blame. So how do you bounce? This is final question. If you're going through something difficult, what's your process of bouncing back? And I know that's such a broad question, but I feel like that's something in my journey that's gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. My ability to like clean the slate and come back to me. Yes. Um, how do you do that for yourself? Can I say like two more things before that? There's like so much I want to say. We can say as much as we want to say. There's no limit. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, have, I respect your time. So I don't have a hard stop time, but I do want to say, like even why Western culture is more sick is because they take it as an identity. So then the shame complex says, I need to fix myself. So then that, that's how we're profitable as a society because it's an operating on a shame complex because the shame says, oh, I got to fix myself because you're so identified with yourself. And then you kind of go on this journey of like, okay, why isn't this working? Why aren't you fixing me? And then it's like, oh, wow. And then you can keep feeding the ego. Oh, take these meds, take this, do this. And then it perpetuates that sort of loop because of the collective shame that's happening in Western society. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, one other thing that I'll say is I feel like for me, a new level of expressing myself is letting myself be more of my multidimensional self like I'm psychic, like I'm intuitive, like I'm freaking a channel, like I do all that stuff. And I, I I wouldn't, I remember I went, I did like a live stream, like an Abraham Hicks group. And I just gave myself permission to be like, I feel what you're feeling. Like ask a question. Then I would like, and they're like, Oh, this is accurate. This is crazy. And I'm like, an edge for me would be to do that on my personal Facebook where I'm not like hiding in Abraham Hicks land or kind of and these are like these other things where it's like if you're in an uber driver and they're like what do you do you're like oh like you know i'm i support people interdimensionally through their and just even letting myself play around with like let me just say all of it versus being like yeah i help people transform their lives or like like let me instead of making it understandable for the masses like just kind of being your being yourself with it Ooh, this is a good distinction. Instead of making yourself understandable, to, instead of trying to make yourself understandable for the masses, radiate you understanding yourself to the masses. Oh, that's so good. And because um, even that, that's a lot more clear and coherent from a vibrational standpoint, because there's no, there's no uh, kind of clogs in the pipe. But when we're like, oh, well, I got to let them know that I'm, and there's, so, there's already so much mental activity of like, hmm, well, they probably won't get this and da, 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 and boom. And I think there is a time and place to communicate in someone's language. And don't, if you're afraid to be your, like, kind of, I believe in aliens, da, 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 like, self. I don't think I've ever said da, 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 da. 
It's going to be some really weird show notes. I know, um, right? Do you believe in aliens? Do you like BDSM? Did I even say that right? <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm not a, I, I don't want to talk like I'm, yeah, anyways, it's not like my. It was just a good example because it's a highly charged topic. Agreed. But, yeah. And it, it is really interesting because there's so much of like, uh, people learning how to have their own businesses online that they want to be understood that it is I and I think about times that like I was wanting to be understood versus the times I said fuck it I don't care I'm going to say exactly what is in my reality and experience and the feedback and the reactions were so much different maybe it doesn't necessarily mean more likes but the level of connections that happened because of that post that like manifested later was like obvious like it was noticeable Right. And that's why even like in the comedy videos, there's like the person who's like, I help 42 and a half year old moms lose weight in half the time by drinking green. And it's like, okay, yes. It's like have a niche and don't, it's like, you can't niche the infinite and you're the infinite. And that can be an expression of it. Like, but I also, I think it's just important. I think it's really important to like do what you really want to do. And if that's an extension of it, awesome. But also don't, don't confine yourself to, I have to be this person to make money because you're already enslaved to it. If it's not your true passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a part of me though. That's like, that's that nerds out on marketing, which I'm not going to go down this hole right now, but <laughs> I was going to say, that's what she said, but I bit my tongue <laughs> for a second. But I'm just going to say it. Yes, we have multiple sides. I'm like, I, I don't even know what to say right now. Okay. <laughs> yes, we have these sides of us that we want other people to like understand and we want to connect with them. But there does come a point of noticing what it is that people need compared to what it is that they think they want. And so like there isn't a part of just because we have all these sides, because like I know that I am so intuitive that sometimes it like I freaks me out, but in a really exciting way, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh shit, you know. Right. But that isn't, but that doesn't need to be shared always because that's my knowledge of what I know. So like the things that's in my Instagram bio is catered towards my business Totally. because then like what I'm able to provide for them within that is this, the multiple dimen- multi, multi-dimensional side of myself. Exactly. And I think the, the thing that we're both really, at least that I'm speaking to is like, if you're afraid to show up as that part of you, then that's something to look at. Like if you're afraid to like tell someone, Hey, this is what I am. This is what I do. I am able to do this. And you know, I have access to these higher dimensional frequencies and that's how I wrote that Facebook post. You're also robbing them of the opportunity to tap into their own level of that. Mm. If, if you are afraid to own it and like assuming they won't get it. Right. And it's like, there's a part of them that always knows on the deepest level, some part of them always knows. And, um, you know, learning hypnosis has helped that help me with that on another level too. It's like, you're speaking to your unconscious mind and you're that part of you knows, like it's recording everything. It's aware of everything. And even if they don't get it, if you can speak, even if you have the intention to speak to the deepest part of them and say like what you want to say, just trusting that that will happen. Like I, I made a video recently on practical telepathy, which was so much fun. What is telepathy? 
Um, oh, being like, like telepathic. Right. And I had, and I, it, I would say it was a little bit of an edge, but I was, I had an experience. I was at, I play around with this and I think it's fun to play around with. I had an experience at the grocery store and I'm like, it sprouts. And I, I'm, I'm like, Hmm, cause I see these lines. And then I'm like, I like had an intention and just connected with a woman who was in the register who it said register closed. And I just connected with her and I was like, well, you like, I don't remember what I said. I was like, will you help me out? Like, this is all internal, like just energetic. And then I just kind of like, let it go. She leaves the register, walks up. And I, I thought she was going to pass me for a second. So I was like, oh, okay. She's just, she turns around, looks at me and is like, oh, can I help you out, sir? And I'll take you over here. And I was like, <laughs> it, it was kind of just like a cosmic wink. Like we're all connected. And the same thing happened the next day, but then someone wrote me and was like, yo, like I had an experience where I just like sent this guy connection. It was a really trippy experience. And it was cool because like the fact that I showed up that way also caused, um, that guy to be, to have that experience. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. He said, what did he, he said, I was at the building merchants yesterday and this great guy came in. He was huge. First, there was a temptation to be negative, but I saw that that was just a psychological anti-Dramana reaction. So it just felt for him, like you said, connected with his shit. Maybe that's how we connect. We all have some shit to cope with, even if it's happiness. Anyways, and then he's like, he got served and left as did I. But as I was going to my van, he reached out to me big time. He was so friendly. It was almost as if he knew that I had total love and compassion for him at the shop counter was weird. I reckon you're bang on. Keep on. Keep the good work. But I was like, that's so cool. Like, and, and it's playful, like playfully play around and just like have an intention to connect with someone and say something to them and just see what happens. Yeah. And I think that you even showed that by like the two main like things that you brought up with like the empath narcissist thing. And then you brought up people pleasing seemingly out of nowhere, but those are huge themes that are constant throughout this podcast. And there's no way you would have known that except like just having an intuitive urge to talk about it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like kind of interesting. I had, and now you saying this, like I had my first, I think ever like telepathic experience yesterday and mm-hmm. I was doing this workshop and I am obsessed with this like green juice supplement. Like it's a powder that you put in water and I love it. And I had, and I had, um, like to go packs of it. And so I'm halfway through the workshop and I'm like going to look for my pack of green juice because I want to drink it. And I didn't say anything to my mom and she's who I work with. And when we do like these workshops and all of a sudden I'm looking through my bag for it. And she's like, Hey, Kels, and just hands me a to go pack of green juice and walks away. It's like, what? what? And I was like, mom, why'd you hand this to me? She's all, uh, I don't know. Right. I was like, I was all, I've been thinking, I've been looking for that right now. And she's like, really? She's like, Oh, we're connected. Yeah. And it's like, I've, I've been having this a lot recently where I'll think of someone and then I'll, I'll like go to Facebook and they'll be like the last person that just commented on my thing. Or like, I'll think of someone and then they'll text me or so little stuff like that. It just goes to show that we're a lot more connected. And I think doing it from a spirit of playfulness, kind of like divine curiosity and playfulness is a lot more conducive to quote unquote success with it than like being super attached to like, it has to be this thing. Um, and just like having, I recently had this, I was like life, like I want to experience more of my multidimensional gifts. 
and just even having the intention, like provide, provide the Avenue or like, I'm ready to experience more of it. And then, you know, I'll get inspired to do a video and then someone will reflect back to me like, Oh, that changed my life or whatever. But even just making requests like, Hey life, bring me the teachers and people that'll help me awaken to this or like bring me the life circumstances to show me that telepathy is real and just play around and just see what happens when you, when you do that and just see what gets reflected back. I love that. Um, so that was a long way to answer With your Abraham last... Hicks, it's like the, the, the rockets of desire. Yes. The rockets of desire being like just kind of putting out what you desire. It's that... Okay. Yeah. Of just saying like, hey, life, like I want to know more about this. I want to have this in my life or I, I desire to have this kind of experience or I would be, I'm curious about this. And then having the unattachment to just see what can happen from it. But then yeah. that's when, that's when we have to strengthen that trust muscle. Uh, you know, see, this speaks to telepathy. I was literally thinking trust muscle before you were like, I was like, she's going to say that. And <laughs> it, it's also playing around. Like, it's so fun. You can just be like, Hey life, tell me about my, like, Hey spirit, tell me about life, spirit, God, Buddha, whatever you believe in. It's like, tell me about like what I need to do for my next step and just listen. Or like, tell me why I feel so angry at, um, Teresa. And then just listening and you might get some profound answers and just like stuff that'll change your life or even just play around. Like, Hmm, if I were to bring in my own healing modality that doesn't exist, what would it be? And then that comes in. Like one thing I started playing around with is I'll be like, I'll energy scan people and I'll be like, Hmm, like where I'll just do an energy scan. And then I'll get like a clear, maybe like clairvoyant kind of like, Oh, there's like something in the sacral chakra or something in their crown. And then, you know, you trust yourself enough to like speak to it if it naturally happens. And then you'll see like, oh, wow, like there's something there. So just letting yourself trust enough and giving yourself permission to F it up will help. Like I, I, I had a friend where I was like, I see a vision of his soul getting strangled and then he had a tight throat. So it's like letting yourself um, play around with it and just like be good outside of the... Um, norms of what transformation needs to look like and healing needs to look like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Letting it be acceptable. <laughs> um, yeah. So you asked me, I think the last question you wanted to ask then the show was <laughs> what, what helps me to bounce back quicker mm-hmm. from the kind of shorten the refractory period of yeah. Like a negative emotion. Like we know when we're in a negative emotion and we're like, this doesn't feel good. I want to return back to a state that does feel good. Right. And oftentimes it's like a neutral state, like not being able to have a huge jump from like depression to joy, but maybe you can go from depressed to content, maybe content to feeling okay. Okay. To feeling good, you know? Or maybe that's not your process at all, you know? Because I feel like it's also, we have ways where we can be able to jump realities like that. Yes, yes. So how, what, how, do, you, how do you approach that? Very intuitively. Like it, uh, I'm also more aware of now than before of like, where is my energy in, in terms of, I think sometimes I'll audit myself and just be like, hmm, like, okay, I feel like, afraid to have this kind of conversation. I feel like there's, that's taking up some, it's almost like Oren gave a good example of this, but it's like your presence, right? Like if you are on Google Chrome and you have 42 tabs up, 
Like that's hell. And every time you close the tab, you open up more presence and you're able to be more present in this life. So even one conversation, it's like, Oh, that's a tab. Close the tab, close the loop, close the loop. Um, that can be huge. Just kind of seeing what, what are like the easy things, you know, like what's the easy, like thing to do. Okay, cool. I'm afraid to express myself. Let me write a letter or like, let me send a message or let me tell this person that I love and appreciate them. Or, Oh wow. I realized that I'm depressed. Can I accept my depression? And that doesn't mean to, that doesn't mean to like, I'm going to live here, but it's like, I, I can accept myself enough to honor where I, where I'm feeling. I feel depressed. And it's kind of like the thing you mentioned with, if you don't know where you are, you can't know where you're going, how you're like, I'm not in Carlsbad or I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. Exactly that. Yeah. And I think the more that we come into acceptance first, like, oh, it's actually cool that I'm feeling sad. Like it's okay. Cause if we judge sadness, it's like, Oh, I shouldn't feel sad. It's like, there's so much poetry and beauty and like awesomeness in sadness, not to say that you need to live there, but it's also not negating the fact that like you can find beauty in this and that it's okay. If you're here, right. It's okay. If you feel that right now, because then once you, yeah. Uh, or I'm Oren's name's coming up a bunch, but he said another thing to me and he was like, if you can be anything or if you can feel everything, you can choose your emotions. So if you let yourself feel it and if you're willing to feel it, then you can kind of bounce around and be like, Oh, I want to feel joyful right now. Or I want to feel at peace right now. Or, and it's like the depth that you let yourself feel sad is the depth you let yourself feel joy. Mm. Um, I also really like Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's like total. I, I love, love Dr. Joe Dispenza too. I love his meditations and like reconditioning yourself to a new mind. Um, like letting yourself feel joy, letting your, there's one meditation where you basically just go through all of these states of being like, what would it be? His voice is hilarious though. What would it be like to be the mind of the healer? What would it be like to feel joy? And you kind of go through this whole experience when your brain is like in a more coherent space, coherent, coherent space with your heart. Um, and you're, you're able to integrate things and you're able to entrain new ways of being. Cause if you practice being pissed off all the time, maybe it's time you practice, you know, joy and elevating yourself and doing it in a way where you're, um, feel connected to it. So I think the beauty is he bridges the science so that your mind and your heart can be in coherence, which is actually going to help you integrate it rather than like, I'm pissed. Let me go in the mirror and say, I'm happy, but still feel pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's what kind of triggers that rebellious side of us that makes that, that's when affirmations can make it worse because we know we're lying to ourselves. <laughs> right. It's like, start with accepting and then, you know, even follow breadcrumbs. Like, Oh, I feel excited to like call a friend or I feel excited to do this, or I feel excited to go to this workshop. I don't know why, or maybe I should, um, whatever, or like just let li- and listen, be like intuition, like what lead me in the right direction here. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's booking a trip across the world and being nomadic for six months and like totally changing the, sh- like everything up. Maybe uh, it's or, taking a nap. Yeah. Or taking a nap or hiring like a, support or yeah. So yeah. I, um, I, I think, think that's for, a valuable thing too, of to asking self, what do I need right now? What is it that I need? 
And then actually giving ourselves the time to listen. And that always involves turning phone on airplane mode, like setting it aside. For me, it's connecting with nature. Like even I'm looking at my front yard right now, even just go standing on my front yard with bare feet on the grass is so like releasing, just being like, ah, what if I only focused on breathing for the next three minutes? Nice. Yeah. And I think one that, you know, you can't really go wrong with is giving, like just looking outside yourself. Like I can't tell you how many times like I'll, I remember one time I had like maybe $5 to my name and I I gave, there's a homeless guy that passed me and my intuition was just kind of like, I don't know, but my intuition, whatever it was, was just kind of like give him. So I gave him like, I think the last of my money, I think I had like maybe a dollar 50 left to my name. Didn't know where my next money was going to come, but I just knew to give. And even that is already saying to yourself, Oh, I'm abundant enough to give. So you're reinforcing that like identity in a sense. And then that same day money came in unexpectedly, but it's, it's doing it for the joy of giving. Like I, I think, random acts of kindness like i think if we brought that back that would be game like just hmm i feel like buying the person behind me is coffee today or like uh i'll, I'll use an example like it always feels weird to like talk about you doing nice things because you don't want to be that person who like talks about but i was at sprouts and i was i wanted to do a random act of kindness and i saw this like older woman she just had wine and i was like oh let me buy your wine for you and she's like just kind of like what they confused because the, the social norms not to be nice. <laughs> so it's right. like, what? It's almost skeptic. Like, yeah. And like, I don't know, maybe her financial situation was fine. But like the thing that she said was like, you don't know how much I needed an act of kindness today. Mm. And then she like leaves sprouts and it's like smiling at me and she's just like buzzing and glowing. And it's like, just to impact someone like that can change the course of your life day, moment, whatever. So good. So good. When in doubt, focus out. That's right. Cool. Kyle, thank you so much for being on Joyfully Podcast. Any final words? Um, love yourself enough to follow your dreams and as a Hallmark card for sure. And um, yeah, if you want any support with any of this stuff, like I'd be happy to have a conversation and dive deeper with you. Wonderful. His uh, link to his Instagram is going to be right in the bio, right in the show notes to be able to check, check him out, be able to connect with him. Like, thank you for being who you are as well. Cause I think for, I would say majority of the people listening are women. And the more and more we get proof and connection with other men that are conscious, it just like reinforces that trust of other conscious men out there and being able to even have a conversation with men about basically our feelings, right. For the last hour and a half is powerful. So thank you. Gratitude, pure gratitude. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's an honor. I'm glad I could be, um, yeah, I'm honored to be here. Sweet. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Kelsey Lowe. I'm your host of Joyfully You podcast, and we will see you next time. Bye.